this time we'll have our scripture reading, and Emily's going to do that for us, and then I'll invite Bob up, and he's going to share the message with us. Today the scripture reading comes from James 4, verses 13 to 17, which is found on page 1,884 in your pew Bibles. Boasting about tomorrow. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. Anyone, then, who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. morning and a happy new year to all of you. How do you say that in Dutch? <laughs> wow. <laughs> if, I, if I was in Japan right now, we would say, Akamashite omedoto gozaimasu, which means it's open. The new year is open. And uh, congratulations is what uh, how that goes. So, uh, a happy new year, a blessed new year to you. It's the first year in the rest of your life, right? And uh, we want to celebrate that and uh, want to honor God in that as well today. Uh, Emily had uh, read the text this morning. It's an interesting text to me because uh, James is writing to Christians and um, he's seen some things going on in Christians' life that uh, are troubling. And word's gotten out to him, and he's trying to, to uh, help them see that they may believe in God, but that faith in God needs to be worked out in life. Uh, faith that is authentic reveals God in, the, in one's life. And so we have these uh, men, or whoever they are in, in this text, uh, they, they're planning out the year. And uh, they're saying, well, uh, today or tomorrow, we'll, we're going to go to this city or that city, and, and we're going to spend a year there, and, and, and we're going to make money. They're just laying out their plans. They know exactly what they're going to do, and we will make money. We will make a profit in all that we do this year, and they're kind of excited about it, and they're getting ready to do that. Um, the only problem is, as you read the text, there's no place for God in that plan. It's all from themselves, what they are thinking, what they want to accomplish, what they can do, the strength and energy and the resources that they have together. That's what we're going to put toward the accomplishment of this plan and the goal that we're wanting to reach in this year. And, uh, uh, and they have no doubt that they're going to succeed. They are uh, uh, getting ready to go. And what has happened here with this people and what can happen to any Christian looking ahead and planning for life ahead is 
your, your uh, self-will in what you want to accomplish takes over God's will in your life. And it's, it's insidious, and, and you don't even think about it. You're, it's just unconscious, and, and we just plan ahead. We're going to do this thing. And uh, so uh, I want us to think about that today. We've begun a new year. Uh, some of us are already planning what this year is going to look like, or at least part of that year. We're planning for our business, what's going to happen in the farms, what we're going to do in our vacation times. All of these kinds of things come to our mind. But the question is, question is for us to look at is what place does God have in our plans, in my plans, your plans today for this year? Um, and uh, what does it look like when God is part of our plans? James introduces four elements here that need to be incorporated in, if we uh, incorporate these four elements, um, we'll see uh, how God can play a part in our plans. He has a major part, actually. First is, grasp the inevitable realities of life. You got that? Grasp the inevitable realities of life. What are they? There are two. One is life is uncertain. James says here that you do not know what tomorrow might bring. You have no control of that. And, and he emphasizes that there. It's sheer presumption on my part to think that I know what the next day will bring. I know what the next day, what I'd like to see it happen, but I have no control of that. Proverbs 27.1 says, don't brashly announce what you're going to do tomorrow. You don't even know the first thing about tomorrow, Solomon says. Uh, you remember reading in the news these, the uh, tidal wave, the tsunami that hit the Indonesia there in Sunda Strait. Uh, people were, uh, some people were ha having a marriage. Some people were at a party uh, celebrating and, that, and all of a sudden everything collapses. And many people were injured. Many more, or many people were killed and many more were injured uh, in that whole thing. They, they had planned the day. It's all there. They had counted on that happening. Everything disastrous in their lives at that time. So um, <laughs> I remember in one of the uh, churches that I was working in, um, I tried to, uh, I, I, d I designed a plan to visit specific, uh, 400 specific houses in a particular area in this city. And uh, and I was going to visit these same 400 houses six times. That would be 2,400 visits <laughs> in six months. And uh, so I had uh, 100 homes a week. End of the month, I started again and do it again uh, for six times. And I found the most interesting thing that uh, happened. I would go and visit the first month, and uh, next month come around, I come to that same house again. Things totally changed. I'd come to a house, there's a big motor home, and there's just all kinds of things there, and they're all uh, happy and healthy in the home. I come back the next month, a man has had a stroke. He's bound to a wheelchair, and, and there he is. 
things changed. He didn't count on that. Um, I went to one home. The wife was home. Talked with her. Next month it came by. The wife wasn't at home. She was at work. The husband was at home polishing his Cadillac. He was a Boeing engineer. And, <laughs> uh, and he looked at me funny. And I thought, is this guy, what's on in his mind? I couldn't tell what it was. And uh, I got home that evening. I got a call from the lady of that home. And uh, she said, uh, between your first visit and your second visit, my husband found out he's got cancer, inoperable cancer. And so this went on. You know, I never was able to cover 2,600 or 2,400 visits there because things started spinning off. People were needing help. Life changed. It was so uncertain. Uncertain. And it can happen to anywhere. We go one day and everything is fine. Next day, everything collapses in our lives. That happens. Uh, the important thing in our planning, as we plan out this year or any year or any day, is to get things right in our relationship with the living God who knows the future and getting in line with his future and what he's purposing and, and his will for that future. That's where we need to be and to be sure that we have a vital uh, faith relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where it all starts in our planning. Life is uncertain. The other reality is this, that no matter how long we live, life is short, right? I didn't want to live beyond 30. I thought 30, that was old. I'm now 80. <laughs> 50 years beyond, and, uh, and I'm, I love it. I love life, but it, no, no matter whether I die, Life is short, too short. Uh, James says, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then it vanishes. Our life is kind of like a morning fog. And uh, we've had some fog around here and I was surprised at that. But, but uh, and the fog is there and you can't see through it. It's very real and all of a sudden it's gone. It vanishes, short-lived. A man by the name of Oscar Watney brought his family from Norway from, uh, in 1946. He had four children and he and his wife. And they came and they came to Seattle. And the first thing he did, you would never guess it. I don't know what the first thing you would do when you, or what you did when you, if you came from Holland and came here, what you did first. I don't know what he did first. He went to the funeral home. And he bought six graves in the cemetery. He knew no matter how old he was then, no matter how young he was then, he had a, a teenage daughter, he had uh, uh, three sons that were uh, uh, in their tw early 20s. He buys cemetery graves. <laughs> and they knew it and they felt it. Yeah. Life's going to end. No matter how long I live, it's short. And... Uh, uh, he prepared right. He got that in his head, right? Whatever I do know, I know I'm going to end up there in those, <laughs> those graves. Uh, so, 
Um, Proverbs 39, 5 and 6 says, You have made my days a handbreadth. The span of my years is nothing before you. Each man's life is but a breath. Man is a mere phantom, and he goes to and fro. He hustles about, but only in vain. He heaps up wealth, not knowing who will get it. That's what uh, Solomon said. Do you remember the uh, story of the rich farmer in, in Luke 12? And um, here's a man who uh, thought to himself these things. He says, what shall I do? Well, what happened, he's, he had an abundant harvest one year, and he had all this grain, and he didn't know what to do with it. He did not have enough storage. So he says, what shall I do? I, I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grains, and I will say to myself, self, <laughs> you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take it. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. What a presumption on life. God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. In a moment, he's just stripped of everything. Dispossessed of all. He dies. So in our planning, grasp hold of those two inevitabilities. Life is uncertain. Life is short. Don't count on tomorrow. None of us knows what tomorrow will bring. Let's grasp these two realities. And it's important then, God, I want to be part of your plan for this year. And put yourself in the hands of God and in his purposes and, and be praying and thinking about what he wants to accomplish in you and through you here in 2019. One of the things scripture is very clear about is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that we're kind of looking for are going to be added to you as you need them. The second thing, the element to get a grasp of is Get in line with God's will, which you've been kind of talking about. James says, if God wills, we will live and do this or that. Um, this is more than just a phrase. You hear something, well, I'll see you tomorrow, God willing. And, and, and we hardly think about it when we say that. It's just a, it's a phrase. It becomes a mere cliche that uh, we sometimes use unthinkingly. And... Uh, it's more than that. It's an attitude of mind. If it's God's will, I'll do this. I'm living in the, with an attitude that God's will is priority in my life. Um, I want to see you tomorrow. Uh, if that's part of God's plan for tomorrow, I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, or whatever that plan is. I, I like uh, the Apostle Paul in, in Romans chapter 1 and verse 10. Uh, he's been wanting to visit Rome and visit the Christians in Rome. And he said, up until now, he said, I, I've been hindered from coming to see you. And then he says these words like this, always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. See, 
I want to see you. I desire to see you. But I don't want to see you outside of God's will. And I'm sensing that God is going to open those doors for me to come to you. And he did. He didn't know he'd be coming as a prisoner. But then he did. And he was able to do what he did. If you read the, the, uh, book of the last few chapters of the book of Acts. Get in line with God's will. Because if we are living in God's will, in his will, we will be people ready for anything that comes. We will be able to, to uh, uh, hit whatever in, uh, interruptions, whatever disasters might hit our life. I'm living and I'm walking in the will of God as he opens those doors for me to accomplish these things that I need to do or that I see that I need to do. And uh, things that come, we can handle anything. Because even the disruptions and all that come in our way are his will for us to grow closer to him. We need to be in that attitude of mind that uh, his will is priority. No matter what I'm planning about, I want his will uh, to prevail. We pray in the Lord's Prayer, uh, thy will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. You can incorporate that prayer in your life. Lord, I want your will to be done in my life and the things that I'm doing this year as you will it in heaven. And so we bring these plans before God. Said, these are in your hands, Lord. If you do not want these things to, to happen in my life, slam that door. Open up other avenues that I sh should uh, be walking in. Well, the um, matter is this. I'm, I'm looking at Proverbs 19.21 here. He puts forward this kind of caution. He says, you can make plans, but God, or but the Lord's purpose is the thing that's going to prevail. So get into the stream mainstream of God's purposes and our planning will be according to those purposes that he has for us. God is in control of the future, not me. His will and his purpose will, will be fruitful in the end. When I put God in my plans, I'm acknowledging his authority in my life. It's his authority that uh, will direct the paths of my life. Um, and as I live to please him, these things that need to be done he, and I want to see done in my life will be done in his way and in his time. The third element is a guard against self-sufficiency. Verse 16 says, You boast and you brag. All such boasting is evil. Interesting. It's kind of the, uh, we say we believe in God, and, that, and oftentimes we count on our own self-sufficiency, and we're actually practical atheists <laughs> in that sense. Has that ever happened to you? happened to me and I, I get self-sufficient in my own ways of 
doing things and uh, uh, I can I may not verbalize the boasting but inside I can say hey this is working out pretty good I'm a pretty good guy I'm pretty clever in this and and I'm starting to boast in myself well James says all such boasting is wrong it, it presents an attitude of self-sufficiency Self-will over God's will in that place. Isaiah uh, speaks of this uh, self-sufficiency, this kind of attitude when he prophesies against Babylon. He says, you to Babylon, you are a pleasure-crazy kingdom, living at ease and feeling secure, bragging as if you were the greatest in the world. You say, I am self-sufficient and not accountable to anybody. Here's the guards against self-sufficiency. And you know the passage really well. Proverbs chapter 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not onto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. That's what it is. That's the route to take when we make the plan. That's the secret of a blessed new year when we count on his uh, will and count on his uh, acknowledging him and seeing him working out the patterns in our life that need to be, uh, that would bring glory to his name. Fourth element. Verse 17. I'm using the word garnish. Garnish the temporal with the eternal. James says, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Wow. Um, you know, you go to a restaurant and you eat and uh, you order a steak or whatever, there's always maybe a, a, a garnishment of some sort. It might be parsley or, or some leaf of some sort. And... Uh, you get a dessert, <laughs> you get a big plate like this, a dessert. There might be a little bit of gob of ice cream in the middle, a bunch of ice cream spread over to garnish the plate, right? It looks pretty. It embellishes it. And uh, so uh, here, uh, your life and what we do as believers and as we go with our plans and implement those plans in our life, uh, this matter of knowing what to do and doing it as a Christian. There are things that will, and how that uh, the eternal embellishes the temporal. There, there are things that you will do as a Christian that is totally ununderstandable why you do it as a non-believer. Uh, Joseph, um, it was said to him, he was a slave in, in Egypt, and it was said that and people recognized God was with him. Some people didn't like that. He was very, he had high integrity. And yet uh, people protested and, and he ends up in pr prison. But even in prison, the, 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 the um, 
the warden, I guess you would call him, puts uh, the responsibility on him to take care of the prisoners because he knew how to do it. And he just embellished that darkness with the light of God in his life. Uh, Paul and Silas were arrested in Philippi and they were uh, put in prison. Now, they, they were in stocks and in chains. Now, they could have moped and groped like everybody else that was doing that in the prison, but no, they began to sing and praise God. They embellished the temple with the eternal. They garnished that environment with the very presence of God. <laughs> and God opens the doors and the chains come off. The jailer gets saved. His whole family, many things happen. When you garnish the temporal with, with the eternal. Christ in you is someone who is eternal and you have eternal life. And that eternal life coming into the life in the world in which we live, which is temporal, bringing that uh, very character of Christ into the lives of others. So important. Garnish. You'll know what to do good. It may be just be to uh, pick up a piece of paper off the sidewalk and put it in that uh, nobody is even paying attention to. <laughs> you know, I, I, when I began a church in this one community and we met at the school, and uh, we'd set up the chairs and everything and, and uh, put things there. People started to come. And I remember uh, I am I, notorious for spilling coffee. But in this instance, I, I know there was something on the floor that needed to mop up. And I don't think it was me spilling coffee, but this was just before the service. And uh, so I went and got a mop and started sweeping. I didn't think anything about it, put it back. And uh, somebody in the audience later said to somebody else that I heard later, what? what? A pastor taking a mop? And he goes, well, it's unheard of, but it struck that person different. Oh, there's something of a servant. And then Christ was a servant, and we become servants of people. Embellish, garnish, grace the temporal with the eternal. So important. Well, why not make it a model for this year in your life and mine? And not in a mouthy way or a cliche way. Uh, if it be the Lord's will. If it be the Lord's will. Lord, take this year. Make it yours. I want to be the center of your will. Lord, and if it's your will, Lord, this is the direction I'll be going. Shut that door if you do want do not want me there. Now, 
I didn't notice anybody writing anything down. If you did, post this on your refrigerator door. The four elements needed. Here it is. I will grasp the realities of life. I will get my life in line with God's will. I will guard against self-sufficiency. I will not put, I will not be boasting and arrogant in what I'm planning with, what that means. I will grace, I will grace the temporal in my life, enhance it with a very eternal Lord Jesus Christ. that on your refrigerator door or on a bulletin board somewhere and, uh, and be a reminder. Um, Japan has a good way of doing this, the Japanese. Uh, excuse me for bringing that culture into something that's more European, <laughs> Canadian. But they have what they call a daruma doll. Have you ever seen a daruma doll? A do uh, daruma is a is kind of a egg shaped doll, has a stand on the bottom, but you can't tip it over. It, it always writes itself. On the back, there's a heart. On the back of that heart, you write your goal for the year, whatever that goal is. Japanese businessmen do this, households do this all over. And then there's two circles here that are blank, and you take a black marker pen and you c cover one eye. And uh, and you set this thing in a very prominent place. If you go to a Japanese restaurant, a real Japanese restaurant served by Japanese, you will see a daruma doll there. And what that means is that the, that doll is watching to see what you're doing to accomplish that goal that's written on the back of his head. And you're watching that and say, "Hey, this is what I'm committed to." And when that, if you reach that goal. Then you take the black pen and color in the other eye, but you've done it. Well, <laughs> if you take these things and you put it where you can see it, and you, you glance, oh yeah, oh yeah, I don't know what's coming tomorrow, Lord, but I want your plan to succeed. See? Use some way of reminding yourself that you want God first in your life as you plan out this new year. Lord Jesus, I pray that you will enable that to happen in our own lives, in my own life. That you will take these words that James has said and, and uh, imprint them indelibly on our hearts, Lord. That you are in control of the future. And Lord, it's only through your will that anything is of value eternal value is accomplished. Help us to be a part of your plans for us this year. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing